Geelong's home and away season has officially finished. Round 18, a six-point victory over Sydney secured a top four finish for Geelong. Uh, as of time of recording right now, we're awaiting whether we'll be playing Brisbane or Port Adelaide in the first round of finals. We'll see. Irrelevant of that, top four secured, which is first and foremost. We knew the stage that was either beat Richmond or, yep, or nothing against Sydney. Um, I was extremely, extremely confident about this game. Had no worries with the inclusions that are coming in, the absolute class of courageous captain Joel Selwood, Gary Ablett Jr. making his way into the hub, Gary Rowan, seeing what he's produced this season, and Jack Stephen, who has a lot of critics, which we'll discuss a bit further, Jack Stephen's role and his game. The game itself did not go as planned at all in any quarters. I think we were kind of bailed out by Dangerfield towards the end in our inside 50s. Um, clearances, fairly broken even. Hit outs, exactly broke even against Cal Sinclair. Disposals, well in Sydney's favour. Inside 50s, just in Sydney's favour. The one upside, one of the many upsides for Geelong in this game was, I guess, the efficiency inside 50 went from 30% last week against Richmond to 50% this week. So we did score 69 points, but at the same time, we leaked 63. And for our defence, that's just not good enough against a team of JPK and a bunch of young kids who are in a rebuild stage. They did cause problems with us. Jake Lloyd with 27 disposals. JPK, 25 and a goal. Luke Parker, a great player, 23 disposals. 12 of those contested. Cal Mills and Dawson. Tom Papley kicked two, goals five. He could have had four. He was quite unlucky. Looking back, he could have been the difference for, for Sydney in, in their loss in this game. McInerney. Chipped in with two goals as well. But from a Geelong side as well, I think Sam Manigola had a good game. 25 disposals have been reliable, Sam, this year, along with the likes of Cam Guthrie. Danger, whilst only 14 disposals, the clutch fourth quarter. Three goals, two from Danger, along with 18 pressure acts. Cam with 19. Tom Stewart with 22. Joel came back into the side, as mentioned, held 16. Gaz, whilst holding 16 possessions, one goal one, and set up a few goals as well. Looked as if he'd never missed a game in the last month or so. Very surprising. But the structure as a whole, we'll get into the way that we had been playing pre-Richmond and to produce that game. We'll get into the good, the bad, the ugly. With me, Zach and Ol. Zach, the good. Yep. Uh, oh, look, there were some goods. I like Cam Guthrie's game. I thought he played, thought he played pretty well. Dangerfield stood up. 
when it mattered, I think um, my good would be, I think, just to see Gary Ablett back on the field. You know, we're only going to have that for a couple more weeks, sadly. But just to see him out there, his classy kicking, decision-making, just great to have him back. Oh? Uh, the good is, frankly, just the win. As simple as it, as simple as it is. Um, there wasn't much... There wasn't really much else to be super impressed by. Um, you know, I mean, we we were very reliant on uh, Dangerfield to to step up and being a key player and a you know champion of the competition. Um, that's what you would expect of such a player. So, you know, he managed to do it. Um, Albeit in a in the unusual role of being, you know, the the, the one out forward playing out of full forward, and uh, possibly in the one area of his of his game that everyone knows is his probably his main weakness, which is his set shot bulking. Um, but you know, he he kicked input, he kicked the goals um, when we needed them, and they were obviously very important. Um, but Overall, I'm just yeah, I'm just happy to have gotten the win and get away from this game with with no injuries and learn what you can from this game and just move on. Yep, echo their sentiments. Happy with the win. Top four secured. Dangerfield's fourth quarter. Gary Ablett back in the ground. Pleasure to see in his final year, nineteenth season. For me, probably the only other one really would be Jake Cole Jasney's game. Um, mm. I thought he had a really, really good game and was really unfortunate because uh, without being at the ground, I thought that he had kicked his first ever goal in his AFL career in 106 games, but it wasn't to be from Cole from outside 50. Uh, <laughs> but one day, one week, Maybe he'll get there. <laughs> now, yeah. the bad. Might do a Ben Stratton, send him forward at some point <laughs> later in the year. Exactly. Now, the bad. Zach. Uh, look, my bad was Jack Stephen, to be honest. I still don't think he's done enough to fully cement his place in the side. Made a couple of clutch errors. I still don't think his disposal's that great and when there's a lot on the line I mean you're playing for finals he's playing for his spot to a degree I think still hasn't quite done enough to either justify his trade and or his lockdown his spot so a bit negative but yeah I wasn't all that impressed oh uh bad for me it's just the lack of midfield pressure and the Lack of accountability through the midfield and, and therefore the rebound effect um, of that onto the defence, which makes the defence look worse. Um, so, frankly, yeah, the bad is the performance against a, a team that we really ought to put away much quicker than the last quarter. Um, but, you know, in the end, it's all for the naught, and we ended up with the result. But we're we're frankly rather lucky um, 
in my opinion, in some senses. And also very reliant upon uh, the heroics of Blitzarves with a smother in the last quarter, in the last 30 seconds. Last minute would have cost us top four. Have we not, um, you know, had we not made that, that smother? So, you know, there's a lost. This might sound, yeah, like a, a rather uh, dire um, episode or dour mood. Um, it's probably warranted. And we just, yeah, we, I, once again, we just move on and um, take what you can from this game, which is frankly just the four points, and no injuries and big players standing up when needed, I guess. Yeah, the the bad, the four-quarter display as a whole. We, yeah. Seen against yeah, the, the, Western yeah, the fact that it took, we, the we fact that it took until last quarter. Yeah, oh, oh, even then, as as you've mentioned, even we were two goals up in the last quarter, but Sydney managed to have a shot in yeah. the last minute, in the last 19 seconds, to, which was smothered by Blitz, which could have been the difference between us making top four or not. So that, yeah. that we shouldn't be having to rely on that that one percenter at all. So yeah. we we heard earlier, and we were talking about the. Previous episodes, Mitch Duncan at um, being interviewed at quarter time against Western Bulldogs, and he sentiments that we read from that were that just chip away at it slowly, and that's what they did in that game with the huge deficit they faced. And yeah, I wasn't worried about the win. Zach, you can I think you can verify that. <laughs> you can timestamp me on that one, but. I think I sent you, sent you a message just saying, yep, top four secured um, when it was very <laughs> relatively close stages and I think in the third quarter or something like that, probably when I shouldn't have, but um, no, I was I was fairly fairly uh, comfortable with the match as a whole. It wasn't, wasn't extremely animated, but the fact that we've just let Sydney grab... 50 more disposals than us in the game of football. More inside 50s, more handballs, more uncontested ball to dictate the rhythm and flow. And we know that the whole style we'll be up against in finals is pressure from the front, midfield and defence with Brisbane and Richmond and West Coast and Port Adelaide as well with the grit and grunt that they have in the midfield. So really disappointing from, from all areas of field and individual players, no one sparked a four quarter, a four quarter performance. You can talk about danger four quarter display, but the three quarters before that doesn't justify it for me. Unfortunately for Tom Hawkins, he didn't get the service against Tom McCartan, who You'd you'd have Hawkins on McCartan any day, and to not supply Hawkins with that when you're going to be up against some more formidable fullbacks and like we saw against Richmond, players that can swing back and intercept the mark against you and play two v one. So mm-hmm. not to isolate that as well. Um, really disappointing. 
Yeah. About uh, the ugly in this game. I very much agree that the I very much agree that the uh, the umpiring is probably the ugliest. But oh yeah, that ridiculous advantage paid, and then they have a goal review. So I wouldn't you hate if that was to decide a, a grand or any final. It's bordering on the yes. it's, it's beyond belief. And I hate having to go at the AFL because, like I've said, I mean, Steve Hawking's a, a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time, very competent, knows what he's doing. But things like that are just oh, yeah. To, to be to be reviewing to be reviewing that Brandon Parfit goal on the goal line when it was clear that he got the last foot to it because his foot was ahead of the uh, the Sydney player Cunningham, I believe it was. Um, his foot's clearly the last to touch. And they're still reviewing that. And frankly, the Zach Tui mark in the first quarter that was a blatant clear mark that wasn't called. Ridiculous, uh, ridiculous call there as well. Um, and, you know, as you alluded to, the last quarter shenanigans from Hawkins with, uh, with the clear mark and the bigger body, and he's used his knee in a totally legal manner. I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to bet the house that I'm living in right now, I'm willing to bet that house on the fact that if that was Dustin Martin flying for that mark, the free kick would not have been paid the other way. Or if that was I, Patrick Cripps maybe going for that mark, it would not have been paid. Tom Hawkins up. It's just that, it's, do, you, do, you think it, yeah, do you think it's just the fact that... He's on some sort of red list against the umpires and it's got to <laughs> Do you think it's just the fact that he is so much bigger than most of the backmen he plays on? Well, well, well I mean, yes, he is. But again, of, of, of course he's going to make guys move out of the way. Now, some people like Phil Davis and that, you know, exaggerate that. But that's where it all started. Yeah. Um, yeah but they're... who was he playing on when he took that mark? Tom McCartan, good young player. Yeah, Tom McCartan, Tom, McCart- Tom McCartan took... Contact to the head with the knee, but like no way, he went no down like he'd been shot. Oh, he went down like a sack of spuds, and the and it was yeah. also a bit of a delayed reaction. Saying, "Oh, I'm not going to get the free kick. I'll just go down a bit harder." Down he goes, and the free kick's paid. Let's yeah. let's move yeah. on. I've had enough. <laughs> Absolute ugly was allowing Tom Papley seven shots at goal when we know yeah. the season that he's had. When we know he'll, he'll most likely get selected All-Australian, seven shots at goal. That's absolutely atrocious. Other ugly is what I've just heard from you two as well regarding the umpiring. Yeah, the umpiring was bad, but it should no way at all be an excuse for that performance. Mm. So... Mm. That's four quarters. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't excuse the. Right. It doesn't excuse the performance, but it definitely exacerbates the frustration. That's the thing. That's fair. That's fair. You know, it it, it elevates the level of frustration that that a, that a fan feels. Yeah. That that no doubt a player feels. Yeah. Because you know, there was one. There were definitely one or two players that were down that would love their time again with the game. Um, I mean, Brian Myers, by all accounts, didn't have a good game. Um, you know, he was uh, turning it over left, right, and center at, at various instances. There was one chase that was somewhat redeeming toward the end that mm. he made. 
caused a turnover, which was good. Um, but he also should have, it's after the fact now, but he also should have scored with the kick that he had at the end. At least that would have, yeah, that would that would have uh, settled the score effectively. That would have meant that we couldn't, yeah. um, couldn't lose, or they would need to score more than two goals. Yeah, taking it back a step, we've reached top four. We've got the win. Realistically, it didn't matter if we won by sixty points. Versus six points aside from you bring that momentum and mentality into finals. End of the day, yeah. we would have finished top four regardless. We would have yeah. finished fourth place regardless. So there's an yeah. element of that. We've got a, a break week off, um, uh, learn from it. So you, you put the display behind it to an extent. And also at the same time, I think it's been a privilege to, during, we all know what, 2020 globally how that's affected individuals around the world especially AFL being a a highly predominantly Victorian game look we're having to um, to do these podcasts now with not the greatest audio as we'd like uh, via um, via Zoom not being able to meet up in person now um, stage for restrictions in Melbourne and all during that we're able to see Gary Ablett Jr. in his 19th season still kicking goals, still gaining disposals, Joel Selwood on the floor, a team that reaches top four again that's still in a chance for a premiership again. Yeah. Is there an element of really that Geelong fans have become become too comfortable with success of of reaching top four with these players that the recruiting staff gather um, that it, it, it's demanded in in a year of COVID nineteen twenty twenty which has affected businesses individuals all around the world is there just an element of step back a little first off. Pick out any code. Pick out basketball. It's a privilege to to watch, whether it be LeBron James or Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum do their thing. Premier League, it's a privilege to watch uh, Liverpool gaining the the title they did pre-lockdown. It's a privilege to watch that, yeah, Chelsea upcoming what they have to produce. It's a privilege to watch yeah. AFL in a hub. It's a privilege to watch these types of things when really it's a, without fans and having to navigate and now with fans there, uh, it's been a fantastic setup. So is there an element of look, step back? We've reached top four and we know that reaching first in the ladder means nothing at all. You reach top four from last year's experience. Top four is the goal. And from there, we get our first win, whether that be Brisbane or Port Adelaide. Is there an element of that perspective at all that fans like, need to... We've just kind of gotten through a tough year, so you just, just like, gee, that, 
that year was tough and now it starts again, you know, or we just start again now with finals. Is that what you... But kind of be grateful that we even managed to get to get the finals in, in, in a sense with the season. I'm just extremely grateful during COVID-19, 2020, just a crazy year all together, globally, yep. within Australia, within Victoria, to, yep. to see players like Gary Ablett Jr. still on my television stream and scoring goals. <laughs> Even though I'm not able to watch it, it's just fantastic. Uh, there's an element of, of embrace it. And so that's, that's my kind of 2020 um, putting in a, its perspective rant there. But at Zach, at, at the same time, some hard truths um, from the opposite approach that we played Richmond last week, uh, didn't turn it on. Blutzav's on the mm. wing. We can talk structurally as much as we want. We've just played Sydney and just come out with a win to secure top four. Just. And that's potentially being a Blutzav's smother in the last 19 seconds. Are we a premiership contender? Absolutely, we are. And look, I don't, I've always been one. I don't mind a loss near the finals because I think uh, Richmond beat us, I think, strategically. However, if if I was a Richmond supporter, I'd be a bit worried that they may be coming in a little bit too complacent. I'd rather be in our boat where we're thinking, well, Richmond opened opened us up a little bit. We got some work to do there. Could well play them down the track in finals. Sydney, yes, we look listless, look lethargic, but we just scraped over. I'd rather be coming in with that sort of attitude. Well, geez, we are lucky to be in the top four. We got the double chance, but we really need to pull our finger out. We need to make changes. It's that sort of mindset, I think, if you can um, preach that the right way to the players rather than if Richmond, oh, well, we knocked you long off. Everyone was saying they're, they're all good and we wiped the floor with Adelaide. Oh, we'll be right. We'll make the prelim. We'll just get it done. Certainly much rather to be coming in with, with our mindset. But the biggest thing that I took out of today was just how how listless some of the boys looked. And again, they were showing the live ladder all day. I mean, you, it was lots on the line. And it's not as if fourth place was already cemented and we had it done. So that, that was a little bit worrying for a couple a couple of the players. But we'll, we'll wait and see. They'll get a week off to think about it and re, regroup. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is um, that, uh, you know, they could... You could almost, well, from my point of view, you could almost view this Sydney game as effectively a loss of sorts and think, right, we have to, we have to really lift in the next what, month. We what, have what to I'm, really lift. Well, they will. They'll, they'll look at the tape of it. They'll look at the tape of it, of course, and they'll address individual errors. And But, yeah, but sorry to interrupt you there, Zach. No, no, you're right. No, look, all I was saying is that it was a little bit worrying to me that at times where it looked like it was Sydney who were the ones playing for a top four spot in terms of their desperation and what they were doing. And it looked more like an exact reversal where we were, we at times looked like we were, weren't going to make finals and we were just making up the numbers. So that was the most worrying part for me. Yeah. Has that been um, evident in previous seasons, do you think? 
or are you just are you just purely focused on the season at hand? Look, I'm only fo- I've told you I can't remember what happened yesterday, let alone a whole other season. <laughs> I'm, I'm focusing on what happened today. But as I said, it, it really was like a whole role, um, a role reversal. I mean, if I was if I was Scott, I would have been coming in saying, you know, we're playing for the top four, we're playing for a double chance. If you don't get that double chance, you can win it bloody hard. That's all the motivation you blokes should need. Let's go and get it done. Exactly. It really didn't look like that way. So I don't want to keep preaching the negativity, but I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed. From the outside yeah. looking in, the game did look well, Geelong's performance did look like just pure complacency, like a team that came in uh, thinking that this was all right. JBK and the kids, um, and this will be a win. This will be a, a relatively comfortable win. Um, a lot of players, I think, there, now that we've put in Gary Ablett, now that we've put in Joel Selwood, now that we've put in uh, Gary Rowan, a lot of the players, I think, feel maybe you've felt that they've already cemented their spot in the team. So maybe um, didn't really have to pull too much out to, to showcase themselves this game. But, yeah, as you say, the... We've previously mentioned, Zach, you're on board saying, I, I, when we were referencing the Essendon game, and I, I think at the start of the podcast, I said no one saw that happening. Um, that display, that the, the margin there. And then you followed that up by saying, really? No one saw that happening? Come on, it's Essendon. It's Essendon. And for me, it's Sydney. They're a team. Mm. It's in a rebuild. There's no Lance yeah. Franklin there. JBK's he's getting older by by the day. JBK, Luke Parker, we even matched them in the ruck. If you want to talk about a ruck department, so it, yeah, yeah, I'm it not not a great way to finish the home and away season performance wise, but yeah, as we say, the the four points. You mentioned Jack Stephen earlier, Zach. So a, a yes. lot of a lot of comments, a lot of talk regarding Jack Stevens' performances that he has played, with the injuries in and out or the emissions here and there. They've chosen to go with him this game, even though Brad Close has had a really good season um, up forward. The Jack Steven versus a, a pressure forward, a, a Brad Close type player to play um, but at the same time before I'd, I'd throw the bat on to you with that one I just want to point out that there was only one player that had more pressure acts one Sydney player that had more pressure acts than Jack Steven being Stevens Cam Guthrie Grind Myers Danger Parfit and Steven all seven of those had more pressure acts than 21 Sydney players. So the, mm. the second Sydney player with 16 pressure acts being Clark had one had one less pressure act than Jack Stevens. So we talk about pressure acts here, there, and um, and there's an argument that he hasn't used the ball well, um, and he, pe- people calling him a butcher at times here. Zach, give it to me. Jack Stephen versus Brad Close or a, a pressure forward there? 
well, look, I'm just going to go with Jack Stephen versus um, Close. And look, I, I'd still be playing Jack Stephen. I, I'm not for a minute saying we should drop him, but I just, again, I haven't, wasn't big on the trade. I still don't think it's it's justified. If he can come out and win us a final in two weeks, absolutely happy to admit that I'm wrong in that case. But he does butcher the ball, and a good friend of mine's a long-suffering St Kilda supporter. You want to talk about being grateful about the success we've had. He's our age. He looks like he's 100 before bugger after you know St Kilda for so long but so that, that was a big flaw in his game and all the St Kilda sports would talk about that very quick good big body but he did butcher the ball at times I think it's quite simple you you would say well look we're not going to drop you but almost in a sense you're on notice you, you've got to lift a little bit here's some things you've got to work on finals are coming around here's a this is time for you to earn your keep earn your money earn your place yeah, yep. I'll be more than happy to put my hand up first. And if he comes out and plays an awesome game, happy to put up my hand and say, yep, I buggered that one up, got it wrong. Yep. If he doesn't, I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to keep critiquing. Again, I'm not an AFL footballer, but I'm also not paid six figures to go out and play either. So I'd be playing him at the moment. But as I said, I think he's very much on notice. He's got to do a bit more and improve his disposal dramatically. Yeah. Without, would, without doubt. Oh, if, if Tom Atkins is back from injury, Brad Close is available. Knowing yeah. Tom Atkins tackles that he produces more recently in games, he was actually thrown into the centre. They've been trusted him in the, in the midfield as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got Tom Atkins available. You've got Brad Close available. Jack Stevens there. Who do you go to? Narkel probably hasn't played the... Uh, a significant amount of um, home and away games to to probably throw him into the finals. That's why yeah. I'll, I'll omit him from the conversation there. Yeah. So it's from the three of, of Atkins, uh, Close or Stephen? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go into to make the case for uh, Brad Close. Um, brilliant tackle. Tackle pressure has been good with the tackling since essentially since he came into the team. Um, quick hands. Quickest hands you've seen for some time. Um, which is a which is an underrated uh, element of the game. Um, and cl- and some of the cleanest hands as well. Not just quick, but clean. Like he takes marks. He can act, his hands are sticky when he when he flies for a mark. Um, I think I still think there's a case for for Stephen, particularly if he were to, um, you know, have have a have an impact kicking goals at some point. Um, that would be nice if he could have more of a scoreboard impact, because we do know that. Brad Close and Tom Atkins are not necessarily two super effective uh, ball kicking forwards, but they're in the team for their tackling pressure and their constant harassment of the ball carrier and, and this sort of thing. Um, I tend to think that, uh, that, yeah, that's probably the one spot that is up for, for grabs, and it's between those three guys. Um, Depends on horses for courses, in a sense. Um, but I, I tend to think we have played our better football with Brad Close in the team. Um, 
And we know how well we played at times last year with Atkins in the team. The bigger game player could be um, Jack Stevens, could be Tom Atkins. But all in all, I just love the forward line pressure of Greg Close. I'd go Atkins because he's played the most games with Tom Hawkins, with Gary Rowan, with Gary Ablett, with the Wolfback, the original Wolfback. There. So why mix that up too much when you've had Atkins there for the last couple of seasons with Brian Myers, with Hawk, yep. with Ablett. So, yeah, and he, he's available to, to throw in the centre as yep. the as original ball if you want. Yeah, it's the original Wolfback. The other one to talk about is Asav Radigalaya versus Josh Jenkins versus no centre-half forward being played at all. It's been largely discussed. So they're the two players against Sydney whose names have really been talked about amongst Geelong fans and their roles or inclusions have been um, at times questioned. I've liked what Sav's produced um, with Reece Stanley out. Uh, Darcy Fort played in a scrimmage game recently. Hasn't played much AFL level, so I don't think that you just throw him into a, an AFL game, albeit that the last home away game in the season uh, when he's just played only one scrimmage game. So fair enough with the selection. Um, we won the game, and that's all we needed to do. So we move on from that, I guess. Sav going forward, Jenkins going forward, Reece Stanley, assumingly comes back in with. We're playing either Port Adelaide or Brisbane, either side. We play Port Adelaide. You look at their rock stops stocks, whether it be Scott Lysett, whether it be Laddams, um, whether it be Charlie Dixon. Uh, up forward, uh, whether even Justin Westhoff gets a gig or not. Um, and likewise with Brisbane, with Steph Martin and uh, Oscar McInerney um, and a few of their big boys. So, yeah, some some real good rock stocks in both teams there. Hard not to play a Sava for me. Uh, but give me a pro-Jenkins argument or give me an a anti Sav argument aside from um, dropping marks, etc., or not kicking goals, etc. Like a, a more structurally based argument, you mean? I don't know. Shoot it to me, because for me it's just simple. Like for me, Stanley comes back in. Someone has to give way. Sav yeah. goes to centre half forward. Yeah, a bit more support to Hawkins, so he's not too isolated. Can bring the ball to ground. Means mm-hmm. Blitzavs can play full back the mm-hmm. whole game. Doesn't have to mm-hmm. rove into the wing or rove into the rock. We can have our best yep. defensive structure we have. That's yep. my thoughts. Person there is who gives way, and that's where you might think, oh, okay, well, does Jack Stephen enter that discussion? Who enters that discussion? Someone has to. Yep. Yeah, because um, possibly, yeah, because yeah. possibly you you could play, you could effectively play Stanley as another midfielder. So in a way, it is like a like for like Stanley in 
for Jack Stephen. Um, so you know they're going to be playing. He's going to be playing exclusively in the middle of the ground. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be comfortable saying that we've played our best football with Stanley. Yeah, in good I, form. I'd agree. Anytime he's in good form, Geelong's in good form usually. So, you know, if Stanley's playing well, Geelong tends to play well. Um, and we structure up best when he's in the team and playing well. And it takes the pressure off of players that you would expect it takes the pressure off and allows for a bit more mobility for someone like Sav to play in that centre-half forward role. And he does have a bit more mobility than Jenkins, generally speaking, and can obviously take a high-flying mark. So that's the pro over Jenkins for Sav. That's the pro. The fact that he, he is good for that get-out kick down the line and can take those marks, long kicks, and uh, he's more agile with his defensive pressure on the ground level. And Last argument against yeah, Saf, that, that's against that's against just, why he would pick Saf. For me, it's as simple as he can ruck rotate. You've got a centre-half forward that can alleviate Tom Hawkins. So Hawkins Island, that's gone. People know about that. That for mm. weeks ago, that aspect mm. of the game's gone. Defenders have latched onto mm. that. So mm. it makes someone else accountable via that Liam Baker, uh, Loston, um, so Grimes only yep. gets stuck on Hawkins, for example. Um, at the yep. same time, down back, simplifies Mark Blitzarv's role, which then simplifies yep. the whole defence's role with yep. Blitzarv's down solely at, at the back row. I think yeah. maybe Lockie Henderson's standout unexpected season has meant that they've had the opportunity to switch the magnets with Blitz um, because of the confidence they've yeah. shown with Henderson and Taylor as a pair. Um, but at, same, yeah. at the same time, I think most Cats fans would agree that Blitz's best role is down back, although he's fantastic <laughs> wherever you put him. Um, yeah. So, give me some give me some arguments why you why you'd include Jenkins, a player that that has missed most of the home and away season through injury, did come in, has played one game, played a a, a good game. He played a really good game. Um, didn't do too much wrong. Um, wasn't selected the next game. Give me some arguments as to why you wouldn't play Sav against Brisbane or or Port Adelaide. At the same time, there's another player hanging around there who's they've dropped the magnets on left, right, and centre this season. His name's Zach Tui. Now, Mark O'Connor is too good a defender to change spots anywhere. Our defence. Aside from maybe Lockie Henderson, Harry Taylor, whether Blitz goes back is pretty set. Yep. It's forced Zach Tui to actually say, oh, do we play him up forward? Do we play him on the wing? Do we play him as an extra person down back if we're getting overridden? Yep. For me, it's a, it's a bit of a strange structural one because there's no... Looks like there's no clear-cut answer at the moment. So there's three players there who played against Sydney 
I'm not saying Zach Tui won't play first week of finals because, of course, with his experience, it, it's extremely likely he will. Um, yeah. So, Zach, what what arguments would you throw against Sav being played or against Sav being played uh, as a, a ruck rotator centre-half forward pro Jenkins or pro no centre-half forward and leaving, uh, hoping for a Hawkins Island Rowan um, look, no, well, difficult because I love Sav and what he brings. But look, on the assumption that we play Port Adelaide, I think their defence is, is their weakness. So I think we, we'd have to come in the game with a centre-half forward, per se, because we can stretch their defence. And it worked well last time that we played them. I think the one asset that Jenkins has is that he has finals experience, big game finals experience. He had a, he had a shocker in the 2017 grand final. We remember that. But nevertheless, he's played well in well into the finals. Now, we have a very experienced team. However, Sav isn't one of the more experienced guys. And you take experience every day of the week when you're playing finals. So, I mean, the knowledge that he would bring, the experiences that he would bring, I mean, he, he didn't have a great grand finals. I said, had a good final series. I mean, the knowledge he could pass on, the things that he would have learned from that as well would surely be an asset to the side. And I think it's something that we shouldn't, um, that we shouldn't undervalue. So I think that's a big feather to his bow there. Um, mm-hmm. Tui, for me, I, I reckon it's best to play him on on the wing. I think I mentioned last week I'm not big on making too many positional changes now. I think basically they're people's traditional position and where they should be played, they should stay. But it's hard to argue against what you said. But I liked I liked him out on the wing. He's quick. He's got a big penetrating kick. kick. He's a big body. He's good in close. So I think he's better suited to a wing, I think. Yeah, so I think they're the are we in unison that they're the two players that would yeah, a, a key to watch in the selection table come first week of finals, being Sav and being Jack Stevens. Yeah, no, look, I, I like what Sav brings to the table. He I mean we've mentioned his qualities, brings um has a good athletic leap and playing Port Adelaide, I think we really want to stretch their defence to are a little bit undersized, but I think I mentioned at the last podcast, he keeps a defender accountable and I think that's his biggest tick and I think that's the most important reason why why he should be playing. I like what Jenkins did and may sound a bit harsh, but I just don't think he commands that same respect as what Sav does. And I think I think Grimes played on him for a, I don't know, I don't know a, um, Essendon, I think. Whomever the defender was ran off him a little bit. and I don't, we, we can't have that in the final. In terms of people who come out, look, Jack Stephen, as I said, I think he'd be on notice. I don't think he'd be dropped for a final, but he might have a good game. Throwing one a bit out of left field. I, I think Myers could be a little bit nervous. He's um, it, it had a good rundown, but otherwise hasn't set the world on fire in the last couple of weeks. My biggest knock on him has just been his kicking. A bit of an unusual style, not that I can say that, because I, I had an unusual style when I played as well that has, you know, can't really kick more than maybe 30, 35 metres. You never know. You may have a shot from 50 to, to win a final. You never know. So I highly doubt he'd be dropped, but I think he could be another one. You never know if they do throw the magnets around or if hard calls have to be made. He could be a, a bit of a left field choice to make way. What do you think, Oh, Yeah, I, I tend to agree that, um, as I mentioned earlier, Myers didn't necessarily have the best of games. 
you, he wouldn't be the first on the list to to get the uh, the tap on the shoulder and you know told he's out of the team. But um, you know, you, you wouldn't want to uh, you wouldn't want to create a culture in the in the team where your spots are assured. You know, mm-hmm. you want a competition for spots from all players on the list. So mm-hmm. um, that's definitely a fair point. Yeah, you spoke it. Yeah, better sense. Like you speak about people going out. Oh, I had to ask you this. I heard heard a bit today. You speak about people coming in. The rumor is is that a certain thirty seven is training the house down and ready to go. Oh, you talk about big big choices in finals. You play your ace and get get your A grader back in straight away. <laughs> what do you do, mate? <laughs> Oh, look, it'd be exciting, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, Come on, don't. I don't, don't know if it'd be a gutsy... Look, Come on. Just, would I on. make the call, are you saying? Would I make the call to bring Sam Simpson back into the team? Um, I'd have to say, based on form, you'd say no. Oh. As, much as, oh. Yeah, as much as I like... As much right. as I like the um, president of the Sam Simpson fan club has said no. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna have to pull the dagger out. You just stabbed into his back, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's probably one or two guys ahead of him at the moment. Um, and but maybe maybe you could say, oh, you know, he, he's he's vying for uh, the same spot as Brad Close and Atkins or a. Uh, Brian Myers. But look, it would, yeah. No, look, it would be good to see him in. But yeah, I mean, it's great to hear jokes aside that, yeah, apparently he has recovered and that he is training well. So you never know. Hopefully he could feature in one of the finals or who knows. Yeah. As, as, long, as, we, as long as we put together a team that's, you know, we think is good enough to win and then we perform on the day, that's all that I'm concerned about. Hmm. Good call. Yeah. Shout out to Caitlin McLaughlin and Kieran Yap. Hopefully we've discussed your, the questions and the, the points you've raised there. Um, yeah, we're all in unison, I think, going forward, playing Port, either Port Adelaide or Brisbane, that we'd like Reece Stanley, assuming he's fit in the ruck. But I've reiterated this last podcast, but for the people who are listening or the comments of... Charlie Constable or Jordan Clark, etc. Um, yeah, this style, this game isn't suited for Chook, unfortunately. 16 minutes isn't suited for Chook. 20 minutes, different story. But he doesn't have the acceleration, the pace, the burst. And I think from the outside looking in, that's not that's why he is not being selected. Um, especially with the amount of midfielders that we currently do have where we have the problem of actually emitting Jack Stephen for a, a forward or a pressure forward. Um, Chook, yeah, let's not... Chook isn't a pressure much. forward, so he doesn't come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of Jordan Clark, he hasn't been listed on the emergencies the last few weeks. So we can read into what they report about the scrimmage games as much as we can, but... Really, we are on the complete outside looking in for that one. Narkel, um, reportedly potentially moving. Um, look, there will be a lot of things happening with the trade period. Um, free it's season's heating up now. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the newest one is Sean Higgins. So an older player to come in. Um, ties down at Geelong originally. Um, Every year that's a call that's made. Every yeah. year we're linked to Sean Higgins. Should yeah. not be going up for a 33-year-old. No. I, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with it either. I if, think, we were, if we were going to get him, it would have been three, four years ago when he was late 20s. Late 20s. Yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm a big narrow for... I'm a big narrow to Danaher. I'm a big narrow to Higgins. Um, also, um, was it um, from Hawthorne? Small forward. Uh, Bruce, surprisingly. Luke. Luke Bruce. Didn't see that yeah. one coming. A uh, big note of Luke Bruce as well. Yeah. I don't see why we need Luke Bruce with the the pressure game as it, as it is now. I, yeah. I there's a bit of momentum gathering around Jeremy Cameron. I called this a while ago. I think it was when it may have even been in round one when we were in Sydney saying that a couple from the club may have caught up with him just to gouge his interest. But I think haven't heard anything from anyone, but just from what you read and what you see, I reckon watch that space. And I think he'd be a far better acquisition than Joe Danaher, personally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last year's Coleman medalist. You're going to have potentially... He's a Coleman medalist. Have... He's not going to be sitting on the fence during the game, either. Yeah, and you're going to have potentially, uh, back, you know, the two Coleman medalists from back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Sava Radical learning from from yeah <laughs> from the last two Commonwealth medalists from, with, from, with from Hawkins from from Hawkins who's very likely to win it this year and he's won it he's won it uh, Dixon as we're speaking now Dixon hasn't played but he's won it <laughs> so yeah congrats to Tom well back, oh, look Dixon could uh, could kick a a crazy. Ten goals or whatever, but look, oh, come it's on, very man. unlikely. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. And I don't think that uh, I don't think Darcy Moore or any of uh, Collingwood's defenders would allow such a an outcome. So um, yeah, it's effectively assumed that Tom Hawkins has won the first common medal for the Cats since '95 with Apple. Do you find it strange? Guys that people say consistently, I hear these calls for before Cocky left the bubble, why isn't Cocky playing and why isn't Charlie Constable playing and why isn't uh, Clark playing when they're not even named as emergencies and we're not even seeing the scrimmage matches. So we're, we're getting an article from the club upon who the best performers were in a scrimmage match as opposed yeah. to the rare occasions that uh, that we have this season with the employees in the club to talk about mm. who's really pushing there. Mm. But do you think it's strange the amount of people that are just, yeah, mm. selection table I mean, calling could... for Cocky, for Clark, for for Constable when they haven't, Seen them play in months. Yeah, I think a bit of the I think a bit of the interest about Constable and Cockatoo is that it's sort of assumed those two won't be there next year. And I think the surprise may be is that maybe they won't play to maybe increase their value a little bit. I mean, you look at North Melbourne, 
North Melbourne, some of the guys that they played, they would have already known we're going to go out the door, but they were hoping, I mean, maybe even Sean Higgins or people like that, they were going to play them half the reason, thinking, well, if they're going to go, we may as well pump up their value a little bit. Cocky, I said, for a while, won't be at the club next year, already talking, maybe going up to Brisbane. I think Chook's on the way out as well. So I think that may be where some of that's coming from, possibly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think it's understandable in, in COVID when, especially we've got probably the worst list when it comes to re-signing players. Um, that are out of contracts upcoming, uh, noting although Gaz will obviously retire, Harry Taylor may hang up the boots, Lockie Henderson, we'll see what happens there. But, but yeah, the, the, the players, the young guys that we do have out of contract, we'll see what happens. But and that's to the end of the season, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and in, in a way, it's effectively... Uh, you know, we've seen just as little of Constable Park and these likes this season, you know, with video footage and, and the like of, of the scrimmages, although we know what they kind of bring in, in senior football. But all, all things considered, we've seen just as much of them as someone like Francis Evans. Mm. Why isn't there a call for Francis Evans to, to be, you know, introduced? or Exactly. Or... How was Ben Jarvis randomly introduced in the big game uh, last week? You know, mm. nobody saw that coming and he, he was all of a sudden thrusted into the lineup. Yeah. And for people that are listening to this maybe for the first time or hearing this for the first time, I've expressed this numerously about this season, about Charlie Constable, that under the 16-minute stoppages, the fast-paced game, pressure and intensity going into finals... What does Charlie Constable lack as an inside mid? He lacks acceleration and he lacks pace. Yes, he's a ball winner, but he lacks acceleration, he lacks pace. He cannot, as, we, as Cam Guthrie has shown this year, uh, as Sam Manigola has shown this year, as our inside mids have shown this year, that have really stood up. You can't perform against Richmond when you lack acceleration and pace. You might mm-hmm. do it against a lower opposition, but it's not going to happen mm-hmm. in finals. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm, I'm, with the quality that we have um, and also the, the ability that I guess midfielders are easier to get trade come the trade table than key position players like a full forward, which are very hard to snap. So, yeah, no, Joel's going nowhere in 2021. Um, yeah, I'm midfield next season. Looks pretty much the same, I think. So aside from a few fringe players this season that may be seeking other avenues at other clubs. We're all, we're all yep, already spoke about the Ruck and Reece Stanley there, but awaiting the Port Pies game. Do we have any preferences who we'd like to play? For me, it's Port Adelaide based on the fact that we've pumped them when we played them at Adelaide and that was with fans present. So why can't we do it again with fans present? The Gabba, Brisbane know that to an absolute T. They've got a much larger fan base there. Um, although it's been 
are home away from home against other teams aside from Brisbane this season, the pressure, the yeah, their intense, fast-paced style of game, I wouldn't want to play them. I liked how he convincingly knocked off Port Adelaide. I think there's no reason why we can't do it again. Yep. Thoughts? Yep, and we've uh, we've made the point in in previous episodes and earlier in this episode that uh, Port Adelaide's defence is susceptible to you know a, a tall forward. I mean, you look at the Hawkins' game, corresponding game earlier in the year, pumping them by ten goals and Hawkins kicking a bag of six, I believe. Uh, and making their full-back look like a bit of a joke, throwing him around like a, a rag ball. So, um, oh, well, Jonas didn't play on him. Cleary did. And to be fair to yeah, it was Cleary. Yeah, I think Jonas will be All-Australian this year. He, he's a fantastic full-back. But yeah, I'd, still ba- I'd still back our forwards to, to put in a better... Um, to, to be, you know... a an effective uh, match. Well, I think we generally match up better against Port Adelaide than we would against Brisbane. And there's also less uh, less of that pressure or less of that crowd involvement and less fast pace on the game. Um, and we've also got a decent record at, at Adelaide overall, things considered outside of even the COVID season. Yep. And for me, the forward line, we match up well against Dixon with our tall forwards. And, yeah, last time we played them, the smaller forwards didn't worry us at all. Um, contested ball, when we talk about Ollie Wines, um, Boak, Rocky, Bull, Danger, Selwood, Cam Guthrie, Menegola. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, Zach. I'm 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 going to disagree actually on two reasons. Um, firstly, because I think Collingwood are going to beat Port Adelaide tomorrow. Anyway, I'm not a huge raider of Port Adelaide at all. Um, and then just to make the conversation a bit more interesting, well, Brisbane do play the Gabba well, but so do we. We have a good record at the Gabba. I mean, who's to say we can't match or better the way that? that they play the Gabba. They're missing Harris Andrews, and we played them last time, and we absolutely, absolutely walloped them in Sydney. They're missing Harris Andrews as well, I and mean, then Charlie Cameron's a bit underdone. They've got quite a few who are either going to be missing or may come in limping a little bit as well. They do have the crowd in Brisbane. They're not the noisiest crowd. I think the Port Adelaide crowd would be far more vocal, even if there were lesser of them than what the Brisbane crowd would be. They're a bit more mellow. So I, I think we could easily take it up to Brisbane and beat Brisbane at the Gabba. Plus, even though we have the bye, we wouldn't have to travel if we were to get beaten and play the next week. We'd be getting the home final, which we would assumedly have at the Gabba. That's one Mm. less travel date for us as well. So Mm. um, I think Brisbane would be slightly better suited. Do you think... I think we're relatively comfortable with either scenario but like we're definitely going to have to bring a better performance than what we've brought in the last few weeks I think Tom Hawkins could have an absolute field day with Harris Andrews out their best defender by a fair way if they were to get the game style right he would just absolutely win the game I just think yeah. Brisbane's, I just think Brisbane's run and carry 
is so much better. And, and the fast-paced nature from uh, Barry uh, McGluggage, Lockie Neal in the centre, um, whether it be big Oscar McInerney or Steph Martin. And then, yeah, of course, you've got the crazy medium to small lineup that can just explode from the back and in the past has actually yeah run over us literally um key goals over us so with mm. charlie cameron and rayner and these types of players McCarthy. i don't want to play against them first game i think they're back, they're back lines up. oh well i mean look their back line's underdone i think that's the biggest area of weakness for them look their their forwards are good but we've we've got a back line that can take it up to them all weeks it lots of times dang zorko always turns it on whenever he plays geelong doesn't he for whatever reason but Charlie Cameron, if he plays, is going to be a bit sore, I think, from what we've seen. He doesn't look 100%. Rain is a confidence player. If you can get on top of him early, he can be a bit quiet as well. McCarthy, apart from that one specky that he took last year, hasn't really set the world on fire either. So, you know, and, and I mean, look, you two boys have been against me for a while saying you can win games, you know, without a, an all and out of a genuine sort of ruckman. So, I mean, Martin's a good player. Oscar McInerney's a lumbering guy but he's not really that imposing so uh, I still reckon we can knock off Brisbane yeah fair, fair argument fair argument I, I, I don't really uh, have yeah like I said I don't really have an issue with playing either team I just know that our own performance is going to have to be better and then not to mention their confidence is low. They got knocked out in two finals last year at the Gabba. So they're going to have a point to prove. But I'll also be nervous because they know that there's going to be a lot of expectation on them. Another final at home knowing they've lost the last two. Going in as yeah. the underdog, which I reckon um, well, we'd probably be underdog in either game. But I think Brisbane would be feeling the pressure slightly more so than Port Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, assuming Port Adelaide win, yeah, I'd never wish an injury upon anyone, but we definitely use it to our advantage. Um, until then, well, I think we'll do a, a, another one during the buy round. There is a, a long time to go until whether we play Port Adelaide or Brisbane. So we'll do another podcast in the meantime. Until then, top four, we're a premiership contender. So let's stop the complete negative comments altogether. Um, where's Cockatoo? He's out of the bubble. Where's Charlie Constable? He's not being selected. Where's Jordan Clark? He's not named as emergency. Um, what else have I got to say? Um, top four. Go Cats. Go Cats. Thank you, Luke, for that spoil <laughs> towards the end. And, yeah, go Cats. Go Cats.